All right. Listen, I am glad that you are here whenever you are, wherever you are in this great big planet Earth. I found a Bible. You want this? I'll put this over here. Uh, welcome to the Foundry, where we are all about a better you and a better world, and also not getting sick, so I'm glad you're here. Um, man, I hope that whatever you've been up to this week, you, you've been hopefully taking this time, used it wisely, you've benefited from the downtime a little bit, maybe you're getting to hang out with your kids a bit more, maybe you're getting to catch up on a few things. Use this like to your advantage. I hope that's what you're up to this week. So we are in our series, We Are, this is week four, and essentially what we're doing is we're looking at the DNA of the foundry, who we are. Now, before I get to that and like pursue this a little bit more, let me first and foremost give a big shout out to our tech team and all of our people on, on yeah, 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 that have helped to make this happen. Um, they're up in the booth right now and like I heard Karen say, she goes, this is like more stressful than a normal Sunday because they're trying to keep everything operating and communicate with you at home. And so uh, I'm just so very grateful for them and, and the work that they're doing and their uh, abilities to get that set up. So this isn't possible without them. So thank you to you guys up there. Um, it's, it's awesome. So week four, we are, and what we're doing is we're talking about who we are. And the idea is this isn't just another kind of like church rhetoric sort of thing. This is, this is, We've written these statements in such a way to connect us to what we call God's intended reality. So when we say these we are statements, these are about how do we live in a deeper, more connected, more full sort of way. In fact, they're all based off of something Jesus says in John chapter 10, 10, where he says, I've come that they may have life and have it to the full. And so these statements are about how do we embrace and step more fully into the humanity that we were designed to. Yeah. So... Regardless of what's happening in the world today, all of these things will kind of work because we're all looking to create a better you and a better world, aren't we? Yeah, we're all looking for a little hope. We're all looking for a little bit more meaning and purpose in our lives and in this world. And so I think this series is, is really good for all of that. Now, today, I want to give you our fourth We Are statement. I want to give you the... the, 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 the What's it called? The title, the definition, and then the scripture that goes along with it, okay? So we're going to go like this. Uh, we are, oh, I don't have the screens. I have to look at you guys. We are uh, agents of God's grace. We believe everyone has a unique set of gifts and talents that they have been given by God. These gifts and talents are not meant to be kept for the self, but to be offered for the benefit of others, and as such, we become agents of God's grace through which grace, God's grace can be distributed. It's pretty awesome. And then we've tied this passage, this great passage, 1 Peter 4.10. Each of you should use whatever gifts you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Let me read that again. It's one of my, I love, love, love this passage. Each of you should use whatever gifts you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various form. It's fantastic. Now, we're going to do something a little bit different today. Uh, we're going to try something, something we've never tried before, and really, um, it could go one of two ways. It could be really cool, or it could be a, a disaster, and it could go, <laughs> it could go sideways really fast. Um, two things about it if it goes bad. The first is um, uh, the blame solely rests on our worship leader's wife, Michelle, because she dared me. Secondly, if it goes terribly and if it's a complete disaster, the good news is it's only on the internet forever. So there's really no pressure now. 
except for all of it. Um, so what we're going to do is, I've got this canvas you can see back here. I'm going to attempt, this is a big attempt, I haven't practiced because I didn't have enough paint and enough supplies and enough canvases, but I'm going to attempt to paint while talking to you from a different camera angle, <clears throat> and hopefully by the time we get to the end of the conversation, we will have a painting that will give us some meaning, <laughs> that will tie into the idea and to the point of we are agents of God's grace. So... Uh, We'll see how it goes. I don't know if I can talk and paint at the same time, but what else are you doing today, you know? Like, you're here, I'm here, let's spend some time together. We're family. That's one of our we are statements as well. We are. So, we are agents of God's grace. Okay, so, uh, yeah, go down a little bit. I've, no, up, 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 sorry. There you go. There, there, you, there you go. Let's, let's go to our, our, are you on this camera? Right here. Uh, our main passage, 1 Peter 4.10, each of you should use whatever gifts you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace. So there's two thoughts about this uh, kind of immediately and directly that, that we need to address. First is you have something that you're good at. You have a gift, a talent, a skill. You have something that God has given you that you alone are good at and you are to use that thing for the benefit of others. That's the first thing. The second thing is that you are a steward of God's grace in its various forms. This is, this is a really cool thing. This is a big task. But let me uh, address the first one, and then we'll get into the second one, okay? First, <clears throat> there's something that you are good at. You have something that you are good at. Some of you know exactly what this is. Some of you are familiar with what this is. Some of you maybe have no clue about what this is. Here's the thing. Uh, some people you know, and you use it, and that's a great thing. Some of you go, well, I'm just not that great at, at much of anything, to which I would say, stop. Don't, don't do that. Don't go down that, like, rabbit hole. You are good. Here's how I know that you are good at something. Here's how I know that you have a gift and a talent and ability of some sort, even if you haven't recognized it yet, is that you were made in the image and the likeness of the creator. You were made in the image and the likeness of creator, which means that you have been created with the ability to create. And everything that God created has the ability to create, right? So don't give me this, oh, I just don't know what I'm good at, I don't know. No, no, no. You have been given this gift, this ability, this talent, and you are to use that thing for the benefit of others. Uh, whether you like it or not, to create, to develop, to fix, to restore is part of your DNA. So if you happen to know what it is you're good at, um, then I would encourage you, if you're not already, to use that, for the benefit of others. Now, if you're not so sure what that thing is, then what I would suggest to you is there's an easy way to find out what it is you're good at, and that is really just ask the people around you. The people around you know. They have an idea. So even if you don't see it, they already have an idea what you're good at. Oh, hey, are we making some adjustments? Am I too close? I'm good? Thanks, man. Appreciate that. I'm a bit nervous. I'm stalling on, on getting painting. Is that, if that's okay. Yeah. So, uh, that's the first thing. You have something that you're good at, and you're supposed to use that for the benefit of others. The second one is this, and this is kind of like the rest of the sermon today, and that is that you are a steward of God's grace. You are a steward of God's grace. This is one of my uh, most favored ideas and concepts that we talk about. Um, in our modern world, stewardship uh, we have different thoughts about it. Like a steward is really somebody, you know, that gets you uh, peanuts and snacks on a plane. There's somebody that you can uh, maybe easily get upset about when they, 
bump your cart, bump your elbow with a cart uh, on the plane, something like that. Um, or maybe you grew up in church and you have this idea about stewardship, but it's primarily, primarily related to uh, being wise with finances or something. Uh, they're a good organizer. They're, they're smart with their money, that sort of thing. And that's, that's a good thing, too. But what you have to realize is in the ancient times, uh, a steward... Uh, was a big role. Somebody who was a steward. They, in, in the ancient world, stewardship was a big thing. In fact, um, <clears throat> in, in the text if on, on 1 Peter 4.10, you have the text that says, um, you, are God's steward, you are a steward of God's grace. In the Greek text, it also come up on your screen, the word is oikonomos. Right? This means a house distributor, an overseer, an employee in that capacity. So this was kind of a big deal. And what you have to understand is there were two kind of, um, two key Two, two different kinds of stewards that, um, that would have been like operating in the ancient world for a particular master of sorts. One was called the, um, the dispenser, and then the other one would be called uh, the bailiff. And so the dispenser was the guy who was responsible for making sure everything in the household, uh, uh, that the master had everything he needed in the household, uh, making sure that all the people were taken care of, making sure that the household, it's kind of like... Uh, you know, get the groceries and stuff, and is there, are we out of toothpaste, and do we need more shampoo, that sort of thing, right? But then there's the bailiff, and the bailiff, he had a different job. His job was essentially to become um, like the heavy. He's the heavy for the, for the master. So if you have, if the master had some land or some tenants that they were, uh, that they had on their land farming or something, it was the bailiff's job to get um, the taxes or to get the payment, to get the rent from, from the tenants, right? So you have a bailiff and you have this uh, dispenser. Now, either way, the role of the steward, uh, there was two things about it, whether you're the dispenser or the bailiff. And the primary thing is that they are acting on behalf of the master. Like everything they do and everything they are uh, and everything, the way they carry themselves is really not theirs. It's not their, um, it's not up to them. They're acting on behalf of the master. The steward does not, is not in charge of, he doesn't own the things. He is simply carrying himself uh, and, and acting on behalf of the one who it belongs to, right? So when you think of a steward, the steward has to embrace and embody and carry out the wishes of the master, and the other thing that's important about a steward is that the responsibility is entirely on the steward. The, the master says here, you are in charge of this. You must act in my behalf. You, the way you carry yourself represents the master. And on top of that, you're the one that I'm going to come to to see to make sure that you've done the things that I've asked you to do. So this is kind of a, a big role. This is kind of a big deal. You are a steward of God's grace. You have been given this gift, this talent, this ability to be used to serve others in a way that reflects the wishes of the master. And when you carry that out, people will know what your master is like. Right? You have this gift, you have these gifts that were given to you, and how you use them puts on display the various forms of God's grace. The gift of one person, the gift that one person has, puts on one particular aspect of God's grace and helps us to see and understand it in that light. And then the gift of another person helps us to see and understand the grace of God in another sort of fashion. The gifts you were given are to be put on display on behalf of the master so that people know 
what the master is actually like so that people know and experience what the grace of God is actually like. You know, I've been blessed to experience um, the various forms of God's grace in my life, and I'm so, I'm so, um, I'm so mindful of these things. You know, there's, there's several people in my life that I've experienced the grace of God through that I'm so very grateful for. Uh, one, one of them, uh, you may know her, she, she comes to the church, she goes by the name of uh, Miss Kathleen Nimick, or Dr. Nimick, if you would prefer. Um, and the heart of, that she has is so very beautiful. The mind that she has is so incredible. And so what Miss Nimick does, Dr. Nimick does, is whether you know this or not, she for about the past year or so, probably two years really at this point, she for about the past two years shows up to church every Sunday morning before the service, about an hour or so. She was actually here today. And she comes into this building and she prays over this place and she prays over the seats and she prays for you whether you show up or not. And she prays over the prayer wall, and she prays over um, myself. She comes into my office, and then we have a little chat about how things are going. And more often than not, she brings me a breakfast sandwich, and it's delicious. So she prays over me. She gives me advice. She gives me wisdom. We laugh. We cry. It's a place that I feel that I can be vulnerable and open, and I experience what I would call essentially like the grace of God. Like this is a place where I've laughed and I've cried and I've shared and I've hurt and I've been encouraged and I've... And so when I interact with Miss Nimick, Dr. Nimick, she speaks to the various forms of the grace of God. She becomes the steward of God's grace that I get to experience and it's this beautiful, beautiful thing. It also makes me think about my wife. My wife is, my wife Jess is, is gosh, she's, she's really one of the most incredible people that, <laughs> that I kind of know in like real life. Um, and if she's listening, I, I hope she's listening, I'll get some credit for this one. Because that's why I'm doing it ultimately is for the credit. <laughs> so my wife is this beautiful woman uh, inside and out. And, and you know, uh, the amount of patience that she has, the patience alone that she has with somebody like me, I mean, that should speak to something, right? Like, that's incredible. Um, but what I love is, is she's not just patient with me. She's patient with, like, our family. And, and I don't, she has this level of patience that I don't really, I don't really understand a lot of it. Like, I don't know how she does what she does. She has this level of patience. Like, probably, I would say eight times out of ten, um, when, when I'm at my wits end with my kids, like she still is responding with patience. She still is um, giving them the benefit of a doubt. Like she will, she will be patient with them in ways that, to me, my brain kind of implodes. Like she is un-understandably patient with my kids. And so I'm grateful for that. Like there's this long suffering that she has for our family to love them, to care for them, even when they're being, you know, not so fun. Uh, when I also think about who my wife is, she has this ability to give of herself. Yeah, this is why she's so great with our family, the way she gives of herself. She gives of herself sometimes almost like, like a, her own detriment to where it's taking a toll on her, and I have to be the one to say, Jess, maybe, maybe, maybe you need to slow down a little bit sometimes. Like, that's kind of what needs to happen. Um, and I think, wow, you know, 
Well, we're talking about the agents of God's grace and seeing grace, the grace of God in, in various forms and various people in our lives. Um, is there anything that speaks more to who God is than somebody who's willing to give of themselves to their own detriment? I mean, isn't that like the story? So when I look at my wife and I see these things, I'm like, wow, this, this lady is incredible. And, and the images that she speaks to about who God is uh, is even more incredible. Um, or even when I think about you know, what she does for a living, like her profession. My wife is an emergency pediatric nurse, which means she takes care of really sick kids. She travels, travels with them when they're, when they're not doing so well. I just painted over something. Um, and because of what she does, I don't get to see her like in full like operation mode very often. I'm kind of, uh, you know, I hear stories and I hear her coworkers talk about how good she is at what she does, but I don't get to see it. But then there's these occasional times when people will show up to our house with like a sick kid and I get to see her go into like full nurse mode. I mean, and it's, it really is incredible. Like, uh, she, she's like fierce, you know, like she's, she jumps to it. She's, uh, she's not going to mess around. She's going to get the job done. And she's going to take care of this kid or these people in a very loving, kind, and sort of way. And so I, I've seen this before. We've had kids show up to our house that have been sick or whatever. And I've seen her jump into action. And that's the only word I can use to describe it is, is there's this fierceness to it. Like, wow. Like, the, the, the intensity that she wants to heal and protect and to love and to serve others I mean, it's just crazy. And so when, when I look at my wife, I'm so very grateful for this because what I see in her is all these various aspects of the forms of the grace of God, that she is this steward, like this incredible steward of God's grace. And by looking at her, by watching her, by seeing how she carries herself, how she acts, how she treats others, she becomes the one who is speaking to these aspects of God for me. And so that's a picture that I have of who God is and what God is like, and I'm grateful for it. Let's see here. We forgot a spot. Now, there's another guy that I absolutely love that I'm so very proud of um, who means the world to me, <clears throat> and that is my, my little brother, my little brother Caleb. I mean, the dude is... He's, he's really like nobody else I know. Um, he started his own business. <clears throat> it's called uh, Future Home Care of America. And it's down in like Bonita Springs, Naples area. And it's, a, it's, a, it's like a personalized assisted living type facility. So it's, you know, like six, six people at a time. And he's got full-time care. And he really keeps an eye out and takes care of the older folks. And, and I, don't, I don't know how he does what he does. It's, it really is phenomenal because... He's in this situation where as people are aging and they're less and less dependent, they're less and less independent, they're more and more dependent, and he finds himself continually in situations that he's having to do things for people who used to be able to do things for themselves, things that as you age might even become a bit embarrassing. Should we add a little bit more color? Let's do this real quick. Things that might become a little bit embarrassing, things that really uh, have the ability to like, maybe even take away some of your dignity 
like as, a, as an adult human being. And yet my brother takes care of these folks in such a way that he maintains their dignity as they age. And so th th these very embarrassing, awkward sorts of moments he's dealing with on a regular basis, and he's doing it with this deep sense of care and love. And I just think, I don't, I don't have that, that level of depth and care within, like I can't, I'm not designed to function that way, and yet here he is taking care of in a way that I, I, don't, I don't get. It doesn't make sense to me. But what it does do is it points to me this picture of like maybe even what and who God is like. Um, there's this sense of compassion that he has for people that sits heavy within me. Or there's even my, my brother... He will do things, he does, he does crazy stuff. Like, you know, he's like three and a half hours from where we live. Um, let's see, we need a different color here, people. Where'd my gray go? Here it is. Um, <clears throat> he lives like three and a half hours from us. And one of the things that he will do is he will drive up to come see the family. Like on a moment's notice, usually, if he has the stuff set up and can get away from his job for a minute. Um, but he's come up for holidays and birthdays and t-ball games and all kinds of crazy stuff like to the point where he will drive um he will drive three and a half hours to come to something he will stay for an afternoon maybe and then he will go home it was staying less than an afternoon he, he will drive twice as much um he will be in the car twice as long as he is here because he's coming to be a part of the family and in doing so, what he conveys to all of our family is the deep amount of love that he has for us. And it's, it really is quite compelling and quite convicting because I'm like, would I do that for him? Would I go to that length for him? Would I make that drive for somebody else? Would I? And so what I see and experience through my brother is not only this deep sense of compassion, but is also this idea that, you know what? I never have to, I'm never going to have to be alone with a guy like my brother around because he's going to show up. If I, my brother would give you the shirt off his back if you asked him. Like it's this really beautiful, profound sense of generosity that he has and this ability to, to love people in difficult situations and this ability to see through whatever weakness of the body and to see to the spirit of the person and to provide honor and dignity to that person in that moment. And I think, man, that is a beautiful thing. He is a steward of God's grace in a way that I just, I need to see that. I need to see that sometimes, to be reminded that my problems are often a bit smaller, to be reminded that whatever I'm going through, that there is this God who's here to participate with me, who's here to be with me, who invites us to these particular things. I need to be reminded of this love of God through people like Kathleen Nimick, through people like my wife, who shows us this complete different understanding of what God is like and who God is, and they become the stewards of God's grace in a way that I need it, in a time that I need it.
to show me that sometimes things are actually better than I think they are. They remind me that God takes all these various forms and I can experience his grace through all that. What, what does that passage say? Our, our statement is that we are agents of God's grace. And so the idea for us is that we are taking on, we are the distributors of God's grace. How do we say it? Uh, we believe everyone has a unique set of gifts and talents that they have been called, that they have been given by God. These gifts and talents are not meant to be kept for the self, but to be offered for the benefit of others. As such, we become the agents through which the grace of God, God's grace can be distributed. It's pretty awesome. 1 Peter 4.10, each of you should use whatever gifts you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. You have a gift, but that gift is not for you to keep to yourself. It's not for you to hoard. It's not for you. It's for you to serve others. And through how you use this gift, through how you serve others, you will allow others to experience that particular aspect of the very grace of God. Now, so there's this ancient parable um, maybe you've heard of it. It's, it's, it's been around, obviously. It's an ancient parable. It's been around a few minutes. Um, and sometimes it's used in light of like uh, how we are to understand God or how we are to think of religion and that sort of thing. Um, but I want to use this ancient parable in, in maybe a new and different kind of sort of way. Uh, I want to use this ancient parable to talk about how we use our gifts and how we speak to the nature of who God is. All right, so it's, uh, it's called The Blind Men and the Elephant. Do you know this one? Yeah, you might be familiar with it. Uh, most people should be. So the idea basically is this. There's these six blind guys in this particular town, and they heard about this animal that was going to be brought to their village. Uh, it was called an elephant, but they had no concept or idea about what an elephant actually was. And so the day the elephant arrived, <clears throat> they went out to go meet and see with their, you know, obviously not see, they're blind. Yeah, you get that. They went out to meet the elephant and to like touch the elephant so they could experience, so they could have an idea of what this elephant thing was. And so the elephant comes into the village and they go out that very day and they begin to place their hands on the elephant. And one grabs a hold of the trunk and says, oh, well, the elephant is obviously a lot like a snake. Like you can feel it's how it's like strong and, you know, kind of curvy and all this stuff. And then the other one, another blind guy, he grabbed hold of its, uh, of its trunk, of, of, its, um, of, its, of its leg. And he said, oh, this feels like a tree trunk. So surely this elephant is a bit like a, is, is a, bit like a, um, is like a tree. It's this big tree. That's how, that's how he began to describe it. I got these colors in the wrong place here. That's supposed to be gray. It's all right. We'll just go with it. Um... And then another one, he, grabbed, he, he got on top of the elephant and he grabbed hold of the ear and he began to describe, well, this elephant is clearly like a fan. Like, that's, that's what this elephant is. And then another one grabbed hold of the elephant's tail and said, well, this elephant really is like a rope. It's a strong, braided rope. Now, all three of them, five of them, six of them, wherever they were at, they all had a different description of what the elephant was like. All of them in their own aspects, to some degree, were correct, weren't they? The one guy, he grabbed onto the tusk and he said, well, the elephant is like hard and smooth and, and it's a bit pointy. And then another guy was leaning up against the side of the elephant and said, um, well, this actually feels like a bit like a wall. Now, they're all a bit right. They're all trying to describe this massive being that they'd never seen or experienced before. 
and they're in their own aspects they're all a bit right but they're all also missing something aren't they like there's something like unless there's like a cohesive description if unless they work together they're going to be missing out on the on, on the bigger description of what the elephant is like unless they're working together to describe this beautiful beast there there's going to be something that's that's lacking there there's going to be a lack of understanding and it's only in when they come together and use their descriptions to help each other out that they will begin to understand the size and the scope and the beauty and the massiveness of the elephant see this is the same thing that we essentially are up against you have been given these gifts and these gifts are to point to who and what god is like you are a steward of god's grace and so you get to get up every morning put these things into place and to begin to describe who and what god is like and the more of us that get involved and the more of us that actually use these gifts and talents to describe what god is like the more complete picture we have of who god is now that sounds all well and good but here's the kind of follow up question the question is not do you have gifts you have gifts you were created by the creator to also create to contribute to the ongoing unfolding of creation but the gifts you have are not to be used just for you they're for those around you because you are a steward of God's grace so that people will know through you what God is like that they will experience the nature and character of who God is that's why we say we're agents of God's grace we have this responsibility to contribute to the ongoing ever expanding description of the elephant you have this responsibility to help bring beauty and clarity to the world we live in and to to how we see and understand the very of nature of god that's a part of who you are and what you've been asked and called to do let's see let's t- let's take a few little touch-ups here just for fun and so what we need from you is like we need more people like you to be involved to help us describe and to help paint the picture of what God is like. And the more and more people we have helping to describe the the more and more clear our picture of who God is becomes. The more deep and rich and wide and beautiful the picture of God becomes. We need more people reaching out and touching the side of the elephant saying, "No, this is what it's like." Because the more people we have speaking to what this is like, the bigger and better picture we have of the entirety of the being. You're not just having this gift. You're describing who God is. And by using your gift, you allow other people to see and to know what this God is like. Now, here's here's the other question. How does this look from a distance? Can you can you tell it's an elephant? Does it look like an elephant? We're pretty Yeah, we're pretty close. That's not too shabby. I mean, I wouldn't buy it maybe, but you know. Um so when you look at this thing, here here's the here's the question. What happens if you refuse? What what happens if you refuse? Right? You're an agent of God's grace. You're a steward of God's grace. What happens if you refuse to see how valuable you are? 
or you refuse to use your gift to serve, or if you refuse to contribute to the painting that is our understanding of God, what happens? What happens to our understanding and description of what God is like? Well, my guess is that you'll be missing something. We'll be missing something. The world will be missing something, won't we? It'd be like a painting. You see, I didn't even get to this top section. It would be like an unfinished painting. Like we just didn't get it done. I mean, like you can get an idea about what this is, right? Hopefully, hopefully at least gives you some sort of idea. But it's not the complete picture. And it's missing certain elements. And it's not as vivid as it could possibly be. You see, and that's the thing, isn't it? Is that there's always room to add a bit more color and texture to help us understand what God is actually like. If you don't contribute, what we're left is with like this unfinished, half-done sort of painting. That's why what you do is important. That's why how you carry yourself is important. You're acting on behalf of the master. You are the steward of the master's grace. You know, and, and we live in this world right now where things are a bit crazy, things are a bit out of control. Our world is experiencing so much uncertainty and chaos and fear. Ways that we're unfamiliar with. Things we've never experienced. And the truth is that these are the kind of times when people, I think more than ever, are really open to, like, where is God? Who is God? Is there a God? People are open to and receptive to what God is like and having that sort of conversation. These are times where people are looking for somebody to be in control, somebody bigger than ourselves to say it's going to be okay. And here's the thing. You are the steward of the one that they're looking for. You are the steward of the one that they're looking for. You have the gifts, the talents, the abilities that you have been given for a specific occasion like this. Through how you carry yourself, through how you interact, through what you create, through how you love people, through how you take care of people, through how you speak to people, you are the steward of God's grace. You are acting on behalf of the master and through you, people will come to know what the master is actually like. And so we need more and more people like you. More and more people who will contribute to the description of who God is and what God is like. Yeah, I get it, there's a bunch of uncertainty. Yeah, I get it, there's fear. Yeah, I get it, but you, my friends, are the stewards. You've been called to act on behalf of the master. My prayer for you is that you will come to realize and activate what your gifts and talents are. And again, if you don't know what they are, just ask the people around you. My prayer for you is that you will be convicted deep within your being to not keep your gifts for yourselves, but to use those for the service of others. My prayer for you is that you will step more fully into your role as steward and that through your stewardship you will add to the depth and the beauty of the picture of who God is. That's what you've been invited to do. We believe that we are agents of God's grace. And when we step into this role, we contribute to the depth and the picture and the beauty of the painting that is God. It's a beautiful thing to be a part of. All right, my friends, thank you for being here. I'm going to turn you back over to Hank, and we will talk to you later.